All right, before we get into today's episode, I want to know if you're tired of playing in season-long fantasy te- leagues and losing to teams like, I don't know, the Trout Swimming Upstream, uh, the Osaquan UCs, Easy Breezy, Mother Puckers, stupid names like that in your leagues, and you lose to them and it just pisses you off. Um, but if you're tired of doing that every year, every week, week in, week out, you need to check out Thrive Fantasy. It's a brand new prop bet-based daily fantasy lineup game and the concepts really really simple choose an over or under for a player's given stats and earn points for each prop that you guess correctly think like mike trout home runs uh francisco lindor runs plus rbis stuff like that and if you combine all your props for one of the highest scoring lineups on that night then you cash in so whether you're looking to play two dollar games or hundred dollar games thrive fantasy has a match for you and thrive can be downloaded in the apple or google play store use our code breakdown brkdwn and receive 10 free dollars when you deposit 10 dollars through paypal thrive fantasy it, it, they rolled out football in week one i got tired of getting beat up in f- season-long fantasy so i decided to try it hey won a couple bucks you gotta give it a try don't compete in my leagues though i'm trying to win cash thrive fantasy <laughs> prop up with us seven let's do it Time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Double drill, deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox world champions a swing and a drive to deep right away back goal jason giambi has done it all right welcome in episode 16 I'm Tommy Caricelli. He's Real Seven Costanza. Seven, what's going on, my man? Not much, man. Season's ending. Uh, about ten games left across the league, give or take. And boy, oh boy, meet the fucking Mets today. Holy shit, are we meeting the fucking Mets today? Oh my god, I feel like we're meeting them all over. This is probably the funniest story that's come out all year, and it's been behind closed doors for so long. I was gonna say, like, like you and I, we we've had our fun all year. At the expense of this organization, and this might be the most punchliney punchline that we've seen. And this is coming from a team that had in memoriam of guys that are alive. Yep, that's true. I forgot about that until you just brought that up. That's been my favorite meet the Mets all year. Uh, but welcome to Battery Mate Gate. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. Thor does not want to pitch to Wilson fucking Ramos. No, nope, holy not shit, not at all. So apparently what's been going on, I guess it's been all season. Uh, Syndergaard has been calling internal closed door meetings with Callaway and Brody Van Wagenen because he hates pitching to Wilson Ramos. Now, if you remember correct, correctly, Wilson Ramos was Brody's uh, big free agent acquisition. That was his big signing. Um, as soon as he stepped in as the GM, he got Ramos. So, uh, for those who don't know, Wilson Ramos, uh, he's kind of forgettable. He's a catcher. He's not great behind the plate. He's like Gary Sanchez light because he'll hit some home runs, 
won't hit for the highest average, and he's got awful behind the plate. So that's a quick little backstory on him, but apparently it seems like Syndergaard really has been taking issue with pitching to him all season. I mean, when I think of Wilson Ramos, you mentioned how forgettable he is. To me, the only story that comes to mind with Wilson Ramos is him getting fucking kidnapped in Venezuela. Oh my god, that's right. I forgot. He got abducted, like, fucking two years ago. Yeah. He just... He's a grown man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to, like, add any levity to the situation, but he's, he's an adult. And he's a if you big don't remember the, if you don't remember the story the scenario or this the story I should say uh it was November of 2011 Wilson Ramos found alive and well after being kidnapped and disappearing for it was what like a week and a half Yeah I think it was like about a week yeah maybe two <laughs> But like he was 24 kidnapped at gunpoint in front of his family while while visiting his mother in Venezuela yeah, that, I mean, that's a tough situation for anyone, so I kind of take back making fun of him getting kidnapped. If I, <laughs> but, if I, I mean, a gun, I'd probably get kidnapped too. But it, that aside, like, yes, I mean, he's fine, so I think it's, it's. I don't yeah, want to say it's right. okay to poke poke fun at it, but uh, we're, we're digging ourselves into a hole yeah, here. We're poking fun at it, so let's just go. Yep, let's move on. Um, Wilson Ramos famously does not want to be, or Thor does not <laughs> want to throw to him, centering it back. And and, yep. and again, another guy we've had our fun at, had fun at the expense of, Brody Van Wagenen, oh, yeah. admitted Thor's been a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> Quote, Noah and I met, we've had ongoing dialogue with many of our players over the course of the season. Specifically with Noah, we had dialogue going back to earlier in the season where we had the opportunity to hear his thoughts and we were able to share the information with him about what is in the best interest of the team and what gives us the best chance to win. Mickey Calloway then joins the fight and doubles down on his GM's comment saying, you can't make everybody happy, and it's not about making guys happy. It's about winning at this point. But if they're trying to win, shouldn't you dive into the numbers of who has a, who makes your pitcher more com- comfortable? Numbers aside, actually, don't you want one of the guys on your staff to be comfortable? Not only one of the guys, like, Probably one of I was like, the guy on your staff, and he's not like he's the guy on probably every other staff. I mean, obviously Degrom makes it a little bit more difficult to call him an ace, but I will say this: it's a one A and one B situation. Do you really not want one of your best pitchers when he's on? Apparently, when he's pitching to someone who's not Wilson Ramos, uh, don't you want him to give you the best chance to win? Because that's yeah. I mean. That's, to me, that's like if another team with one of their aces, so I'll just throw a Severino when healthy. If he's comfortable pitching to Austin Romine, which I think he has been in the past, and I'm not even sure, this is just a total hypothetical, but if he's comfortable pitching to Austin Romine, backup catcher, his, you know the numbers look better than pitching to Gary Sanchez, can't you figure a way out to just take Sanchez's bat out of the lineup knowing that you'll probably get six to seven solid innings out of your starter to limit runs anyway. I mean, I, I think that's just a correlating thought process. If I'm coaching and I'm looking at a guy that – so he, the stats real quick because we should bring them up. When he pitches to Thomas Nido, he has in, – in his career, he has a 2.170 ERA. Nido is the backup catcher. When he pitches to Wilson Ramos in 15 games, 
He has a 5.09 ERA. So it's not a stretch of the imagination to assume that Syndergaard pitches better to a personal catcher. And we've seen it across the league. Some guys just pitch better to different catchers. So I just don't understand the situation at all with the quotes they gave too, saying we want to have the best chance to win. Well, dude, I just gave you the fucking best chance to win. I can read off a stat page in two seconds and let you know that the best chance to win is sitting on the bench when Syndergaard pitches. Yeah. And, like, it just in, – in, 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 this this happened in Cleveland with Trevor Bauer. When yeah. when, when Jan Gomes was our everyday catcher, uh, Bauer just wanted to throw to um, Roberto Perez. And, and that was his guy. And so every fourth day, Bebo got the start. Yeah. And guess exactly. what? And and guess what? Bauer went out and 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 had good years with the Indians. Yep, and it's the same I, thing with John Lester too, with uh, David Ross before Contreras took over full time. Um, if you remember back in the postseason, there during that World Series run, he only wanted to pitch for <sighs> Ross. And it, it, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that's the reason they got a ring, but it definitely kept him in the fucking games. And, Absolutely. And then David Ross showed out in Game Seven. Yeah, he did. I mean, I'm sorry to bring that up. I no, you're fine. Right? I mean, it, 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 it's it's fun for me to poke fun at, but it, it, like, it's one of those things. Like, I'll bring up, I'll bring up, bring it up right now. Like, games. I mean, John Lester was your NLCS MVP. Yeah. Going back to that, and then in Game Seven, you 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 start David Raw or no, I'm sorry, Contreras started, but David Ross comes in and, and hits a a, a clutch uh, or has a clutch RBI. Yeah. Exactly. It was a, it was a home run. I mean, shoot, I I, I I was trying to remember if it was a home run or not, and I was looking at it, and home runs literally the last column on Baseball References box score. Ah, uh, that's a tough one because you got to scroll all the way over to the right, and then it's just yep. a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass, just like Noah Syndergaard is to Brody Van <laughs> <laughs> That was that was well this. played. Yeah, so I'm I'm on one right now. Um, I will say this too, though. With the whole thing with Syndergaard, uh, when we think about like personal catchers, it, with the logic that if I can cut down giving up two to three runs versus scoring two to three runs, I mean, what are you taking? At, like, just personal preference. Um, I'm all about limit the runs that you limit where you can, because at the end of the day, that guy's one of one of eight or one of nine in the lineup. There's eight other guys that can they exactly. can produce runs. So and I'll I, sacrifice I, I, one bat to, 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 you know what I mean, to, to, to yeah. limit two, three runs defensively. And I can understand to some degree, being a National League team, you don't have the luxury of a DH. I get it. But at the same time, don't you want the best chance to win for the majority of the game? Right? Yeah. I mean, if you can't count on six or seven other guys in that lineup to get you a few runs to back up your pitcher, then you probably shouldn't be talking about the best chance to win. Hey, and then on um, top of that, on top of that, if you want that bat in the lineup, okay, so 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 Thor goes, you know, six innings, let's say. Well, guess what? Now you have the the, the most clutch three innings of the of the baseball game for your guy who you think's offensively better. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a perfect point too. And also, I think the poetic justice in all of this, with all the quotes and the the smear campaign they're putting on each other. The Mets are four games out of a wild card right now. If you are going to tell me that in those 15 games that he pitched to Ramos, that he could have been pitching to Nido or another catcher he's more comfortable with, uh, you're telling me right now that they wouldn't squeeze out at least five more wins? Just Honestly, like, just out, of, out of 15, of yeah, out of 15, I don't think that's 
you know, by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think you're overshooting. And I know I don't want to play the game where we do hindsight's twenty twenty, but in this case, hindsight really is twenty twenty because apparently Cindergard has been about this whole season. So like, if this is what what the results are, and we're seeing them right now, and granted, this is over fifteen games, so this has been going on all season, but just to hear your pitch, one of your star pitchers come off the mound every time and say, I don't want to pitch to him. Please help me out. And you just keep saying, nah, we're not going to do that. Like that's. <laughs> I guess I didn't think about it that way, but fuck, that's so <laughs> it's funny. Like, it's like, nah, nah, just give it another, give it another go. 15 times a charm. So it's oh, so great. And like, I, honestly, like, like you, you talk about, um, you look like to go back and play the schedule game. It's, it's really not like, it's not that much of a stretch to, to say that, like you said, five out of 15, maybe more. Maybe more, and especially with those games that they should have won against the Marlins, uh, some of those lowly teams that they've played, because it's not like the National League is a superpower, right? I mean, yeah. there's definitely winnable games in there. And the fact that they just kept running this tandem out, knowing what to expect, it, it's just, you know, ignorance is bliss, I guess, if you're Brody. Um, because the, I would have just fucking put the kibosh on that right away. If, if my one of my best pitchers, my, my best players on my whole team, is telling me he's uncomfortable doing it, I would have just said, fuck it, then we'll see what else works. Because yeah. clearly, there's enough games here. I mean, there's 10 games with Nido that prove that he cuts his fucking ERA in half versus doubling it with Ramos over 15 games. Like, there's enough there to tell you that you're, you're doing stupid things by continuing to do this trend. Just give the guy a personal catcher and let it be done. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep, well, exactly. And the Mets, uh, in this case, will not get the prize because this... No, they're going to get the stupid prize of missing the playoffs. Exactly. This this likely will cost them a fucking playoff berth now. So, just congrats, Mets. I'm, gl- I'm glad you had a fun year. <laughs> so, do you think this, because of this and because of Brody and, and just all the other shit, do you think Thor is going to try and force himself out of New York now? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was also a part of discussions in the offseason last year, obviously with the trade deadline this year. Um, they did that will they or won't they. They kept putting him on the block and taking him off the block. Um, so the, I don't, they have no idea how to manage this guy, it looks like. How so long I, is he under control? I think he has one more year left before he's a free agent. And I could be wrong. I, there might be some arbitration years in there. I'll but at this up. point... I just don't. I don't think it's a good fit for either party. Um, clearly, Syndergaard will tell you first that he probably doesn't want to stay here if they're going to mismanage him, and I don't blame him. Right? I, it's the same argument I have with a guy like Jacob Degrom, who probably won't say anything because he seems like a quiet guy. But I think they're wasting away two of the better pitchers in the league on a team, and they clearly don't know how to manage them or put them in positions to win games. When the pitchers obviously are, are like Degrom is a great example. He every time he pitches, he has he keeps his team in the game. They have a chance to win. Yeah. So so he's arbitration eligible in twenty twenty, okay. um, but he's not free agent eligible till twenty two. Wow. Awesome. Oh, you know what? I might have been thinking of. Uh, I might have been thinking about Mats then. One of them, but still. So this from MLB Trade Rumors today, and it says, quote, though he is, has remained adamant about his desire to remain with the Mets, that doesn't mean Noah Syndergaard is content with every aspect of his relationship with the team. And it goes into a yeah. full article, but um, that's... Well, if you remember, uh, too, it, this dates back even before the season because 
before at, it was, I think it was the last game of spring training, they shipped him up to like northern like upstate New York. Um, it was like freezing cold. Their plane got delayed, so they couldn't get back in time to be ready for the season opener. And Syndergaard was tweeting out a fucking storm about how pissed he was at the Mets' decision to do that. And I can't remember the exact specifics, but I just remember saying, All right, well, here we fucking go. Rookie GM has no clue what he's doing. Uh, Mickey Callaway is the lame duck coach. This is all coming together now for an absolute just surefire way to have someone end up not on the Mets. Yeah. And I think at this point it's going to be Syndergaard. You know, I can't wait till we do an off-season pod of the best of gap to gap, and it's just all <laughs> these fucking Mets takes. That are just on one. I can't wait for it, Seven. Oh, it's going to be the best. Honestly, I feel like we should just send them a fucking personalized copy of this. <laughs> just <laughs> That's the tweet, just at Mets, at Mets, at Mets, at Mets, at Mets. Link to the, <laughs> link to the podcast. <laughs> or do we just like burn it onto one of those Memorex CDs, ship it in the mail, and just write like winter jams to drive to? Oh, that's, got, that's up Brody's uh, fucking wheelhouse. Oh, yes. I, I think Noah would fucking play that, too. I almost said it's in his Van Wagonen. Oh, you should have said that. I like that. <laughs> he can play it in his Van Wagonen. <laughs> Love it. Okay, we actually just finished up recording. Like, literally, I said, see ya. We turned off the, the recording, and then I get a Bleacher Report alert on my phone that, that needed to be talked about. Jesus Christ. And uh. it just says... Pirates fight leads to injury, which, boy, oh, boy, without context, is just fucking hilarious in itself. Yep. Um, And then you realize it's it's baseball, and there's not pirates fighting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Teammates Felipe Vazquez and Kyle Crick had altercation in clubhouse. Crick now needs season-ending finger surgery. Now, we're going to do some assuming here, so... Uh, if if more info has come out, we apologize, but we're doing some assuming. I'm assuming this happened after today or today Tuesday's game, in which the oh wait no it can't be it had to be yesterday because the Pirates are on the West Coast right now. Yeah, and they're still playing at time of recording, so this had to be after Monday's game. And Kyle Crick, who's a reliever for this team, and not a good one at that. Mm-mm now needs surgery what the fuck so let's see if it happened in between we can assume that felipe vasquez they were reenacting charlie bit my finger and felipe vasquez bit his finger jesus so hard that it ripped the tendon straight off the bone that is quite the assumption i i would assume that there was some uh (laughs) some actual punches thrown um, so it looks like he, he needs surgery on his index finger um, for the extensor or underwent ex- I can't extensor tendon repair surgery on his index finger. So he will miss the rest of the season. The last two weeks, uh, obviously, it's going to linger into the off season as well. They say he's going to be back by spring twi- uh, spring training twenty twenty. Again, Kyle Crick. This is one of the centerpieces along with. Oh, it was before Monday night's game. Okay, so all the news is coming in right now. So, yeah, it, it look, I mean, this is the same team that seems to have been getting into more fights than any team aside from maybe the Reds this season. So we've had them fight other teams. Now they're fighting each other. 
any team not na- not with Yaziel Puig on the. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So this is just a perfect way to cap off their their 2019 season. Um, remember, like not too long ago, the Pirates were still technically in the mix for a wild card. Yeah, and, and hold on a second. So this is I, I'm I was kind of googling Kyle Crick fight, and and this is what comes up. Uh, the suspend. This is August second. Suspension of Pirates bullpen coach Euclides Eucl- Euclides Rojas before Tuesday's <laughs> game against the Cincinnati. <laughs> Shut up. Before Cincinnati Reds game became somewhat lost after a benches clearing melee resulting in suspension of six players. So so the the trade right after Yaz- the Yaziel Puig fight. Yep. The Pirates said that Rojas, age fifty one, was suspended for a contract violation and didn't. According to sources, Rojas and relief pitcher Kyle Crick got into an altercation Sunday that became physical. Sources say Rojas pushed Crick. The dust-up ended after both men were restrained. So Kyle Crick is is just fight night at the Roxino, apparently. Yeah, I think you're right. If you look at his, his picture for his player card, he looks like he has a little psycho in him as well. He's got those dead eyes. He does have dead eyes. He does. There's, there's no life behind them. He's got that big-ass forehead. Just wants N- to fight. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The hat's angled up. This guy's a psycho. The best part is he lost the fight because he's the one that needs surgery now. So. <laughs> Good for you, Kyle. If you remember, he was he was part of the McCutcheon trade. He was like one of the big pieces that came along with Brian Reynolds. And so how'd that work out for you? Yeah, they didn't get too much from him. Brian Reynolds, on the other hand, is amazing. But Fair. Um, I will give him that. But yeah, Kyle Crick, uh, not the best, I guess, first impression with your new team. I mean, he's been with the Pirates for two years. Yeah, but I feel like this is, you know, because he's not really good either. His stats are no. great. Uh, so, last year appeared in 64 games with a 3-2 and two, three and two record, a 239 ERA. Last year, a decent year, I would say. Yeah. A 3-1-4 FIP. Uh, this year, 3-7, and seven, an ERA just south of 5, a FIP just south of 6. Well... <laughs> Less than ideal. He should probably focus on pitching more than fighting his coach and his the closer. Yeah, if, if they pick up UFC three on the old PS four instead of taking out your pitching coach and fucking other teammate. Yep. No, this is great. Uh, when you search Kyle Kirk on Google, the first picture that comes up is him fighting Amir Garrett from the Reds too. So there is that. <sighs> Outstanding. Um, so. I mean, do you have anything else on this? Because, boy, I think our, our, our takeaway is Kyle Crick's a psycho. Yeah, I think he's a psycho. All right. With that, we return you now to Gap to Gap. <laughs> All right, this week in baseball, uh, Pineda, 60 games. Smell you. Should have talked to Porter. Should have talked to Porter. Really should have. It's a damn shame, um, but not really. I think Pineda is one of the dumbest guys in the league. So. <sighs> yeah, this is your boy. Uh, no, 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 no. Former, formerly your boy. Formerly, yeah, very formerly. Um, no, I was out on Pineda ever since I saw the pine tar in his fucking neck. Oh. Like he was hand-tossing wings in the dugout before he came out to pitch. <laughs> fucking inexcusable. And now, of course, he gets popped for PEDs. Um, they're saying that the, the substance that he got caught with wasn't actually a PED. It was a diuretic to mask I think it was a similar thing to what Braun tried to do to get get around his test. Um, oh, a mask like a masking agent of sorts. Yeah, yeah. So 
clearly it doesn't work. Um, guys continue. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the proof's there. Uh, I think Cano got caught with that as well. I was gonna say, didn't, I was just about to say, didn't Robbie Cano get caught with the with the diluted sample? Yeah. So him, Braun. Uh, I'm sure there's others, but clearly it doesn't work. So I don't know why these guys keep doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Pineda was probably juicing. Uh, if you look at him, and he's coming off all those soldier, shoulder injuries too, so he's probably just trying to find a way to stay competitive, which on one hand I kind of understand, but on the second hand it's like, dude, your your team is primed for a deep run of the postseason. Like, he was on pace for his best ERA since 2014, where he only had 13 juicing. starts. Yep, so he's juicing. That's when he was uh, on the Mariners, right? Yankees. Okay. He went 3-7-4 uh, in 28 starts with the Mariners. He was an all-star. And then in and that was in 2011. Then was out of the league for three years. 2014 in 13 starts with the Yankees goes five and five with a one eight nine. Oh, I do remember that now. Yeah, I think that was actually Pine Tar Pineda. That was yeah, the that was Pine Tar Pineda. And then four three seven, four eight two, four three nine. This year, uh, a four zero one. Yeah, no, I mean, this is just a bigger blow to the Twins than, than anything um, because Barrios has looked like absolute dog shit the last month plus. So Yeah, and then you got Odorizzi, um, and Odorizzi's been, been good. He's been good. He's not been great, though. I mean, we can temper expectations with him, I think. Yeah. The thing the thing with the Twins this year has, and we for as much as the Twins have, have played really good baseball, I feel like we haven't given them a lot of run on this podcast. Yeah. Um, they're one of the more, I hate to use the word again, but they're one of the more like forgettable good teams, I feel like. And I, I don't know why I feel that way. I, they shouldn't be. They hit Cause it, to me, runs. To me, it feels like they've overachieved all year. And like I feel like yeah. every, we're, all, we're all just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it just hasn't. Right. And now it's they're funny. sitting here, you know. Uh, 10 games left and they're still there i mean it, it is kind of crazy when you think about it yeah it, 88 and 55 right now yeah but i mean it, it was weird too because they've definitely come down to earth in some sense because i remember uh like maybe a month or two ago i mean no one could stop the twins right they were on pace for like 100 wins um everything was clicking with them pitching was great their bullpen was was lights out as well and now here we are, and they're kind of limping to the finish line. Uh, and not to say that they're not a postseason team, because they are, but with this now, because in a short series against a better team, I just don't think their pitching lines up the way that it should at all now, because I think now you pitch Berrios game one because you have to. Uh, I know he's been terrible lately, but you still have to pitch him, he's your ace. And then I guess you pitch, what, Odorizzi and, and Kyle Gibson like that's not the most yeah. inspiring one two three for a postseason team uh, that I've ever I've ever seen I I know the Yankees have their own issues but I would not want to have those be my three guys I'm throwing out yeah uh no arguments here um but the fact of the matter is right now I mean with the Yankees and the Astros tied for best record right now one of those two is going to draw the Twins and just roll through them, I think. Yeah, I think either team could, uh, especially when they have to go to either Houston or New York in a playoff setting. It's not going to be easy. It's definitely not going to be fun. Um, you have to imagine just both teams that are ahead of them, whoever they're going to draw, it's just like, take it's, it's really t- like, take your pick. Um, do you want to deal with the crowd noise in New York or do you want to deal with the murderers row in, Ast- in 
on Houston with the pitching. And not just the crowd noise you have to deal with. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of plays to both sides of the fence there with, with the short uh, ballpark in New York. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about the short perch in, uh, in Houston. But but seriously, I mean, the playoff atmosphere in New York is like second to none, especially with baseball. Uh, so you bring an inexperienced Twins team in with suspect pitching now. Um, I, I just don't think it's a very winnable series for them. And then on the flip side, you bring a team that relies on the long ball to the point where that's probably the biggest reason for their success. You bring them into an environment like Houston and you have to go up against Cole, Granke, and Verlander. I don't see how you're making that out with anyone's. Yeah. And, and I honestly, I think you can make that argument for, for any team. I think the Yankees can compete with them. The Indians have played well against them, but boy, in a playoff scenario, I don't see many teams beating the Astros. Because no, be because tough. of how strong their pitching is, yeah, it, it's really going to be tough, and, and especially when we talk like World Series predictions, I think a lot of people probably had the Dodgers and the Astros, um, and if it, it shakes out that way, I don't think the Dodgers have a good shot of beating them either. It's they're similar in, in some regards; they're built very similarly, but <clears throat> I just don't think that LA can match up with their pitching, and their hitting definitely can't touch Houston's pitching. No. Um. All right. Other big news this week: Red Sox giving the can to Dave Dombrowski. Uh, less than a year after a World Series title. What are your thoughts here? So, to echo uh, Jordan's sentiments, who can't be on this pod um, conveniently when we just start roasting Dave Dombrowski and the Red Sox, but uh, to echo his sentiments. I had the same thought. If you look at Dombrowski's track record, he essentially just comes in, rips apart the farm system, you know, relies on veterans, tries to make deep postseason runs with the hope of getting a World Series now. Um, and, and that's been his whole formula. And he did it with Detroit. You can see the, the way he left that team in shambles. Um, and it looks like he's kind of similar to what he's been doing with the Red Sox. They have one of the worst farm systems in the league. Dombrowski, yes, you got him a World Series. I understand that. Uh, so I, I really won't say anything about that because it was a well-deserved World Series. They got the ring. Everything's good. But I just think if you're Henry and you bring in Dombrowski, you need to be very well aware of what this guy is going to do because he is the exact opposite of Billy Bean. He wants to win now, and he'll do whatever it takes to do that. And he doesn't look towards the future. He looks at the right now. And that's exactly what he did. I, there's really no other way to put it. I, I think if you're a Red Sox fan, too, you have to look at it through the lens of, I got a World Series ring, but how does my team look for the next five years? Yeah, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Is They got their ring, but now they're 18 and a half back of the division, eight back of the wild card. They're a very, very pedestrian year, and their farm system's depleted. And, and where do they go from here? It, it, to me, is really the the big question. Um, also, new kind of you're, you're going to know this by the time pod drops. But breaking news into the pod: uh, Dodgers clinch the NL West, their seventh straight division title. Am I reading that right? Yeah, it is. First team to wrap Jesus. up a playoff spot. Uh, so, I mean, we're we're going to kind of wrap up on on the the Red Sox here in a second, but. Do you see the Dodgers coming out of the NL West, or out of the out of the National League? Obviously, coming out of the NL West. 
Um, yes and yes. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do. I the only team that gives me a little hesitation in making that claim is the Braves. Um, the only reason I'm taking the Dodgers over the Braves is just because the Braves are such a young team, and I just don't know if they'll have the what's a good voc the metal to stay with these other teams. I just think they're too inexperienced. So I would give the edge to the Dodgers just based on the fact they've been there before. I was going to say, I, yeah. I see when when young teams go to the playoffs, I see them fold in that moment and not step up to it. Yeah, it's a lot to, it's a lot to have some guys that are you know 25 and younger filling out a major league roster, going up against you know the best pitchers in the league, the best hitters in the league. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah, I, 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 I just I don't, I don't think it's going to be that close, but um, I've, I've been surprised before, so we'll see. Okay, but so to, so to go back to Boston, we'll wrap up on it. Uh, where do you think they go from here? Do you think you 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 threw out the name that Dombrowski's been the anti Billy Bean? Do you think they could be they could throw the bag at Billy Bean and say you know kind of here's a blank check? What do you think? What do you say? It's interesting. I just don't think that they would be able to lure him out. I think he likes where he is, and I think he likes that underdog mentality of being in Oakland. Um, so no, I, I I just don't think it's gonna be one of those situations where they can just lure someone away with as much money as they can because this is kind of the the situation they're in. They don't have all the money to do that right now. They're at a serious disadvantage when it comes to the luxury cap. Their payroll is through the fucking roof. They didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve this year, I I should say. Uh, So it really sets them up to not nuke the team, but definitely have a soft reboot, so to speak. Um, I, I think a better fit for this team would probably be, I'm going to butcher his name, uh, but he's the VP of operations for Tampa Bay right now. He was actually in the running for the Mets GM before Brody took it. Uh, I think it's Kaim. Kaim. Oh, yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't want to even try to pronounce his name, but I think he's probably your best bet at a replacement. If, if Henry looks at it with you know eyes wide open and not trying to fix everything too quick, I think that's, what you have to look at because it's, this is not going to be an easy fix. They're in, they're going to they're not in cap hell because there's no cap, but they are in luxury tax hell. Um, they have some contracts that are coming off the books. They can't resign all all of them. So the situation you know three or four years ago when you looked at this team, you saw Benintendi, Bogarts, Devers, Jackie Bradley, Mookie, uh, like everyone. You thought, okay, this is the nucleus. They're going to be here forever. That might not be the case anymore. And there could be a lot of fallout here that, you know, players getting affected that we didn't really think about. And I'll, I'll throw it over to you, but what are your thoughts on what happens with Mookie Betts? I was just about to say that. They got they got Mookie Betts, uh, Xander's locked up for a few years, JBJ's arbitration eligible this year. There's a lot of names that are going to be really, really interesting. I think they try and, and, and go get as much as they can for as little as they can give up. So maybe you give up JD and try and get the farm for JD to a, to a fringe contender. Yeah. I think that's probably the smartest bet too. I was looking at it between two spectrums. So to your point, trade as little as you can and try to maximize the return. And I think JD Martinez fits the bill perfectly. Not that he's declining, but his age is definitely a factor. Um, and I think a team that probably just needs a bat would definitely jump at the shot to get him. Um, you could probably see 
the Mets even make some noise to do that because the Mets and the Red Sox surprisingly actually match up on trades pretty well with the Mets having a deep farm system, deep pitching. Um, that could potentially be in play for them, and they need offense any way they can get it. The Mookie Betts thing, if you're going to trade Mookie Betts, I think you need a legitimate ace coming back plus a fringe 3-2 coming back with you. So it's not going to be one of those things where they trade Mookie and they just get like a, a Garrett Cole, and he's a free agent anyway, so take that out of the equation. But that type of talent, you would need more than just that to, to get Mookie out of Boston. The issue they're going to have now is do they want to build around Mookie because he's going to cost a shit ton of money. They don't have the pieces behind him to come up and actually make his career. I don't want to say success because he's going to get worth a shit though. Yeah. It's, you know, it's your, you really want to waste away a guy that's 26, 27 in the prime of his career and have another Mike Trout situation. Yeah. I I mean, unfortunately, I think if any team's going to do that, it will be the Red Sox. Um, yeah. But I don't necessarily see it as a guarantee that they do that. I'm going to throw a couple names at you and, and and either tell me you're out of your mind or just a, what about getting rid of a Chris Sale or a Nathan Eovaldi and trying to get the farm for one of them? I would be – so, the, again, like this is just looking at it – trying to be very unbiased. I would trade Sale before I traded Evaldi at this point. I'm in the same boat. Just because of the injuries, and and that's really the only reason. I think, obviously, Sale, when he's on, is one of the best pitchers in the league, and it's not even close. But can you count on the guy giving you 180 to 200 innings each year and pitching to his full ability? At this point, I don't think he can. And, And... not to say that he's never done it. He's done it, but even the his first year in on the Sox, they had to shut him down um, to get him ready for the postseason. So, I mean, you look at Chris Sale, since he became a starter in 2012 with the White Sox, he is now on, or with, with his season wrapping up due to injury, he is going to post a career high in ERA, um, a career low in starts, a career uh, low in innings. Mm -hmm. And granted, it's all because of injuries. I think this is the guy. And it's also the first non-all-star season since he became a starter. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think he's the guy to move. Granted, it's a heck of a contract to move. But you're also giving whoever gets him control until 2024 with with options. Yeah, that's the thing. And... Do you think that your team? Do you like? Can you? If you're a Red Sox fan, can you count on Chris Sale rounding back into form? And if you can, great. You keep him, and you look to trade a guy like Avaldi. But if you can't, then you really have to have that honest discussion with yourself and say, would my team be better off trading him to retool what I can, and then take not to say take a year off, but you know tr- have a rebuild and transition like so many teams have done successfully. Because I know it starts with pitching, and I, and I know that's what the Red Sox need the most. But when you look at the offseason that Dombrowski had last offseason going into this season, so they get, they get the World Series. He opts to let go of Kimbrell, and Kimbrell's had his own struggles in Chicago for some, some parts. Uh, Joe Kelly's been terrible in L.A., and I get that. But his big signings were bringing back Steve Pierce and Nathan Avaldi. So... 
I just don't I don't think that's smart managing of a roster, especially when you have other needs that you need to fill. I think Avaldi was a smarter deal than Pierce, but I, I just don't think they, they capitalized on what they should have been looking for, which was A, bullpen help, and B, more pitching. I don't think they needed another platoon first baseman. Yeah. Um, Boy, I just... I, I think when you're looking at Evaldi versus Sale, I think you just got... The, when you're figuring out which one to deal, who's got brighter days ahead of them? And to me, I think it's Evaldi. Yeah, I mean, they both come with risk. They're, they're both injury, uh, very injury prone. I think you just have to ask yourself, whose injuries are more manageable at this point? Mm, that's a good it, I mean, of all these coming up, he's had Tommy John in the past. Sales had these mystery shoulder ailments that seemed to bother him all season. I, and I just don't know, you know, what what's worth it more. I And the, the easy answer for most would be Sale because he just gave him a shit ton of money. And he was there for the last two years, and he was, you know, your best pitcher for the most part. But then you look at a guy like Evaldi. When he's on, he's almost unhittable. Yeah, agreed. And we, and we saw that in the World Series last year. Exactly. And I just don't know if that's enough for me to say I, I would get rid of him. Um, I think there's other, like, there's other pieces on this team that you can say are probably gone. Uh, I think Jackie Bradley is a prime example of someone that most likely will not be back. Um, I don't know what you could get for him, but I just don't think they're going to pay him. I think David Price is uh, like, if, I mean, David Price is their heaviest contract on the books. I did not. Re- I guess I didn't expect that, but I don't know why yeah. I didn't. But, but boy, yeah. he is he's catching thirty one mil a year for not a lot of production and definitely not any postseason production. Aside from that last year where everyone will look at it and say, oh, Price pitched like the ace he was. Like, yeah, sure, he had one decent postseason, but uh, when you're, get, you're giving a guy 200 He had a whip over four last year. In the postseason? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It, uh, I was I, – I, over the over the year. I'll look at the postseason, what his whip was, but – Yeah, I, I know in the postseason he pitched well, but – Or FIP, he, sorry, I said whip. I was going to say, the whip over four, how's he still in the league? Um <laughs> <laughs> But still, seven years for two hundred seventeen million for a guy who's going to be thirty five next year. And again, this is classic Dombrowski. This was the first deal that Dombrowski made with the Red Sox. Signed David Price to that crazy deal. Um, he came up big last year in the ALCS. We all like everyone for Boston will tell you that Price was fucking on one. But he still owed thirty two mil in the next three seasons each. Uh, I think he's a goner. I, again, this is like selling low on, on a guy like this, but I think he's a goner. I think maybe they keep him until July next year and see what they can get for him if, if hopefully he can turn something around. But I think the situation with him is either way you look at it, he's not going to finish the year with Boston next year. Yeah, and I think if you're, I think if, if you're Red Sox fans, there's there's still a lot to be, to be positive about. Um, yeah. You have, you know, Raphael Devers, Andrew Benintendi, Blake Swihart and Stephen Wright combined barely making three million. Uh, Swihart's gone. Swihart's gone. Oh yeah, he got cut. Oh shit, you're right. You are right. But still, I I know. Baseball Reference still isn't still isn't listed on the forty man. Oh really? Yeah. Unless unless maybe he resigned, but um, no, I think that the so what you look at between Devers and Benintendi, what I see is oh you know what it is. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. They're still paying him for the year because even though you get cut, you. (laughs) That's right, yeah, because it's guaranteed. Okay, so that makes sense. 
Um, but the Devers and Benintendi conundrum now. So here's the issue, because Mookie is a former MVP. He's going to ask to, you know, he's you're going to throw the bag at him no matter what. If you're going to keep him, you're going to have to throw the bag at him. Dever, you can't have all three of them. So you take Mookie, you take Devers, Benintendi's the odd man out, and you let him sign somewhere else. I mean, that's essentially what we're looking at now. Um, you just, there, I just don't see a world where they can keep all three of them, plus paying sale, uh, plus paying price, Evaldi. There's other contracts on the books here that they have because Dombrowski, and again, this isn't out of character for him. He just throws money in hopes that it'll get him a championship. And granted, they got it, but now look, look where he left them. Like, some, if I were the Red Sox, I, like, I just don't know if this is the most prudent approach. Um, I don't think I would have fired him at the time they did either. And I know Jordan kind of said something similar, if you have the quote that he gave us. Yeah, I'll look it up here. He he went off. Yeah, he did. So we have to paraphrase. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> uh, so he was not opposed to the firing, opposed to how they handled it. Fired the guy after, during a Patriots blowout, and followed up with Ortiz throwing the opening pitch the next day. Team slash ownership acting as, as if they didn't know Dombrowski was always going to leverage the future in exchange for immediate success was naive at best ignorant at ignorance at its core kiss of death came this deadline when they didn't make a move to offload someone literally anyone to alleviate cap pressure <laughs> Parcello and jvj uh both likely gone this offseason the pierce signing is bad the evolving siding of evaldi shining yikes <laughs> JD should have been traded for a number two and a solid with upside number four. Now we risk trading both JD and Mookie bets. If the Sox trade Mookie, they lose the fan base. Mark my words. If they screw this up, we're in purgatory for the next five years. They have no farm system. And while O and Chris Sale showed, oh, I'm sorry. While our field is loaded with young talent, our arm talent is non-existent outside of the bigs and we have no one young. Oh, and Chris Sale's shoulder is still made up of big league chew and double-sided sticky tape. Yep, pretty much. That's uh... Go off, King. <laughs> Go off. Um, he's enjoying a White Sox game right now in Chicago. So uh, You love to see it. To, yeah, love to see it. But that's the thing, though. It, with the, So break down their pitching rotation right now. So Sale went, went healthy. Sale, Price, Porcello. We kind of forgot about him. Evaldi. And Erod. So Erod's really the only one that you can count on. And he had a really good season this year. So obviously he's going to be in the fold. But Porcello definitely has regressed. Avaldi, uh, we've talked around his injury concerns. The talent's obviously great, but the, the injuries are there. Sale, same thing. And then Price just underperformed. So even if you trade one of those guys, you likely won't get anything back, aside from Sale maybe. You likely won't get anything back that's going to warrant an immediate fix for the pitching. And to Jordan's point, like they don't have anything behind those guys. So either way you look at it, they're kind of screwed because you can trade Porcello, but what do you really get back to make it a win? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are, like, are you going to get back like a solid double-A, triple-A prospect who's a year or two away from the bigs and then try to fill the gaps with some trash heap starter on free agency? I just don't think that's the best way to do it, especially for a fan base that just saw a World Series and is probably expecting to win again next year. I would love to just call Jordan right now and like have him go off during the White Sox game. That would be great. Uh, let's see. What's the score of that White Sox game right now? 
It's five three in the five three socks in the sixth. No, if it was a blowout, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He's he's enjoying himself. No need to get him all heat all hot and bothered about the Red Sox right now. He's watching the other Sox. Exactly. But hey, speaking of gambling, uh, did you lay any money on week one in the NFL? I did. I lost miserably. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> do tell. Um, so I threw a hundred bucks on the Colts money line, and if you watch the Ooh, game, you know I would have. I I I actually would have loved that pick. I didn't I didn't put money on that, but I would have loved that one. Yeah, no, I, uh, I was watching the game and I got to overtime and I was freaking out. I was like, oh, I think I might actually pull off this one win. So yeah, that didn't work out. Um, sprinkled another fifty on. <laughs> This was stupid. Uh, the Bucks and the Cardinals over. That didn't wait, Bucks and Card, Bucks and Niners. You mean? Yeah, sorry, Bucks and Niners. Um, Jesus Christ! What? How bored were you this Sunday? You were thinking Bucks and Niners over. I was thinking like, well, maybe you know, because J- Jameis throws with reckless abandon. I thought Jimmy G was actually going to be a human being and not just a lump of shit. So <laughs> I was, I was really hoping that there was going to be some fucking points in that game. Um, oh, yeah, so I love it. I lost, yeah, I lost those two, and I almost bet on the Pats at night, but I hate the Pats, and I don't want to bet against or bet on them, and I certainly don't want to bet against them. So I just decided to keep that one at bay. Um, but yeah, so all in all, not a great weekend of betting for me on the uh, the first inaugural week of the hundredth NFL season. All right, but the real question is, where'd you bet? My bookie. My bookie and if you're looking to sign up with an online sports book for the very first time or just simply looking to join a new one the breakdown sports has you covered check out mybookie.ag use our code breakdown that's b-r-k-d-w-n you'll get a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit up to a hundred dollars seven we're literally giving away free money it's like betting the under when you're not when you're <laughs> looking at niners bucks it's free money Bet it. (laughs) So that means if you deposit our 100 bucks using our code, you're gonna get 50 bucks for free. That's again the code breakdown B R K D W N on my bookie right now, and you can get free credit on your first deposit. Seven. Um, we're winding down in 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 this season. I mean, it's September for the final time. Rosters have expanded. Uh, where? Give me your biggest surprise of the 2019 season. Um, you know, I got to stick with my Yankees because the roster turnover and just like the Gio Rochellas, the Mike Talkmans, the Clint Frazier's for spells, just everything that that Cashman has done the past few years seems to have just been lightning in a bottle. DJ LeMayu, again, another one. Uh, They're going to probably end with uh, they might get the best record, but I mean, they're definitely going to the playoffs. They're going to have home field for the first series they play, at least. I just can't say enough about how, I guess, surprised. I won't say impressed because watching every game, it feels like I've come to expect it, but definitely surprised when it was happening towards the beginning of the season. And and to do it without their fucking best pitchers, uh, Batanzas and Severino both out the whole season, haven't pitched yet. So to do it without any pitching, really... I, that's been the biggest surprise for me. So, so actually, I'm going to stick with you, and I'm going to say my biggest surprise has been the Yankees as well, and it's just been their ability to still contend and now contend for the best record with, I, I mean, 
as many injuries as they've had mm-hmm. is the best way I can put it. And I've like, I, I normally it would be a case of, you know, I'm not going to pay attention much to the Yankees unless, you know, they're putting up gaudy numbers because I just don't want to pay attention to the Yankees. But, but, you know, talking with you all season as we have, it's kind of, I've kind of kept a side eye out for them and boy, being as incredible as they have with the amount of injuries they sustained. Uh, if Aaron Boone doesn't win manager of the year, it, it, I demand a recount. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I really don't think it's that close as many baseball pundits want to tell you it should go to Kevin Cash um, or... Rocco, I think. I think I, to, me, uh, it, Rocco, it, yeah. to me, it's a two-horse race between uh, Aaron Boone and... Uh, Rocco Baldelli and again I don't think it's all that close but no I mean I think it's and I can't believe I'm gonna blow this much smoke up the Yankees ass because they sure as shit don't need it but (laughs) golly they've been great this year no they've they've been fun to watch and I think I I, because I was able to like look at it from the perspective of someone who doesn't really like if you're like you like you know doesn't really follow the Yankees um, keep a side eye for them, just, you know, see what they're doing in the box score. And that's about it. But I think it's made this team very likable. Um, just playing with so many just underappreciated players, because this is not Steinbrenner's Yankees. This is truly just a total reimagining of New York Yankees baseball. Um, I never would have told, I, I could have never guessed that we would be playing with Gio Rochella and Mike Talkman, DJ LeMay, who would be leading the team in hitting, um, you know, I just never would have seen that one coming. I never would have seen Giovanni Urshela playing on any relevant franchise after seeing him at the plate in Cleveland. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you saw the worst of him. Clearly, um, by far the worst <laughs> of him. And you guys yeah. are, are by far reaping the benefits, which fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love him, but... Um, I am well aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh he's my birthday twin too. Actually my triplet because I actually have a twin, so he's my birthday triplet. So October eleventh, happy birthday, Gio. You guys coming up a month a month from uh, release date here. Yeah. Yep. That's outstanding. Outstanding. All right, seven. It is time for our curtain calls, and and these are gonna kind of be on the fly because you know usually we'll sit down, we'll we'll look behind the curtain here. Um. Fuck! (laughs) I gotta edit that out now. No, keep that one. No, I gotta edit this out. (laughs) Fuck it, I won't. I won't. I'll keep. I'll I'll keep the look behind the curtain in. Um, But usually, we'll we'll kind of discuss what our hot takes gonna be um, going out today. We kind of went on the fly, and here we are. Um, Let's see. Let me look at it. My hot take, my curtain call, is going to be Oakland takes New York to five games in the ALDS. Wow. Okay. Um, I There's say... nothing backing that up. I just, like, I see. That's why it's I, a hot take. So, actually, here, this is as, gu- this is as knee-jerk as it gets. Um, Oakland got the fucking break speed off him last night. 15 scratch against Houston. Mm-hmm. And they come back today, and they throw an 11 spot up in two innings against against 
uh, Houston again. That shows me this team's got some fight in it, and I don't think I think Houston's going to edge out, or I'm sorry, I think the Yankees are going to edge out uh, the the wow uh, the, the fuck the the Yankees are going to edge out the Astros for best record. They're going to play the winner of that wild card game. It's going to be Oakland, and then Oakland is going to compete with the Yankees for five games, but Yankees are going to pull it out. Okay. No, it's, I mean, it's a hot take. I can't really disagree because, again, there's nothing backing it up. It is currently 19-3. to 3. What the fuck? Holy shit. Should have taken the over in that one. Here is uh, the line score, okay? For Oakland's in, Oakland by inning. 7-2-2-6-2. It is currently top of six. Chris Davis is already on his fifth at bat of the evening. Jesus Christ. What's his batting average? <laughs> 247 no it's actually uh 220 at the moment so he's likely going to break that outstanding streak yeah all good things have to come to an end um so my hot take and not really the hottest take if you've actually been watching the yankees all season i think giancarlo stanton's gonna come back and he will be hitless uh for the rest of the regular season so the, those last 11 games or so he will not get a hit wow in so 0 for 30 I, burger. I just, I have no faith in him. And I was so pissed when I saw Talkman go on the DL, or sorry, the IL for the remainder of the season and postseason. Um, I just, I'm not a huge Stanton guy. Clearly, you can tell. Um, so, yeah, he, actually, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I'm thinking on the fly now. He will not have any, he'll have only singles, no extra base hits. Mm, I don't know how. Actually, I, I like that better, happen. actually. Yeah, so that's I think that's easier than saying going over thirty. Yeah, just out of disdain for the man. Uh, but yeah, so I'll say he'll get like a vitamin a day. You know, go one for four, one for five, and that's going to be how he caps off the season, going into the postseason. So hmm. that's, that's my, interesting. That's my hot take. Now, now I'm intrigued at how realistic this Oakland take is going to be. There's actually got some juice when you think about it. They do, and they're they've tied their season high in runs in six innings. They're a plus one hundred twenty three run differential. I didn't realize that. I didn't um, either. And I mean, I guess if you take them out of that division with Houston, and, and if you put them in the Central, I bet they would have won the Central this year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Imagine they pro- if they were I think- the NL Central. That's a different story because then you're taking you're taking yeah, away Chris Davis. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Because you need his bat in the lineup for him to hit 247. Um, <laughs> no, fair enough. Actually, I got one more hot take for you. Ooh, double. Double curtains. Noah Syndergaard is going to sign a lucrative contract with Energizer and be the new face <laughs> of their batteries alongside Wilson Ramos. Oh. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> They're going to team up. I'm, I'm going to do it. Nope. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw one more shot at Wilson Ramos. Uh, <laughs> simply safe home security oh and Wilson God. Ramos teaming up this off season. <sighs> oh my God. That one felt good. That, <laughs> yeah. That you were waiting to get that. <laughs> I just, I literally, when you said energizer, Oh, that one felt good. I'm probably going to hell for it. And that's how we're ending episode 16. Oh baby. <laughs> I, I got so much bad karma coming to me. It's not even funny. Oh yeah. Um, all right, for seven, for, for Jordan, who's enjoying the White Sox right now. Oh, we thank you so much for listening to Gap to Gap. And as always, check out my bookie, check out Thrive Fantasy, and check out the breakdownsports.com. That's all for us. See you!